You're listening to the Loose Cannon Comics Podcast. Check out Loose Cannon Comics on Instagram, SoundCloud.com, and iTunes. Also visit our Loose Cannon Comics YouTube page. Now, two men... No, I don't want to read Say it. And now, two men who have no idea how to please a woman, Tony and Eric. <laughs> I'm Eric C. I'm Tony B. And tonight, we've got none other than the creator, the voice, and star of the Jerky Boys, Johnny Brennan, and of Fox's hit show, Family Guy. Johnny Brennan, what's good? Hey, what are you saying, you fucking bastards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Just coming, yeah, at totally. it, coming out of the gates swinging. Yep. And guys, uh, we just got finished doing our interview for YouTube. And you're going to be able to catch that on Blue Collar News on YouTube. And it's a great interview. And we're going to make it a lot of fun. And, Johnny, thanks for coming out. So a lot of people want to know, what have you been up to lately? Well, you know, keeping busy with, uh, you know, the whole the whole nine yards, man. Jerky uh, Boys, audio, voiceover, you know, it, it's, it's – uh, you know, a lot of characters, man. A lot of ground to cover, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And let, let's start with that because I'm a huge fan of the Jerky Boys. The, that's one. That's the thing me and my dad shared. And it's so funny is that my first thing I think about <laughs> with the Jerky Boys is my dad, you know? That's cool. Because it's like that's yeah. the thing. Frank Rizzo kind of reminds me of my pops. You know, it's like if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. You know, that's <laughs> the way life was, you know? But listening to your yep. tapes, when you were starting, what when did you start doing the tapes oh jesus it got like i said uh i go way back it's like i actually started you know recording stuff and voices when i was just a little kid you know back in the day and then i went on to reel to reel probably around 72 73 you know my dad found an old reel to reel at one of, uh, one of the buildings where you know he was a superintendent and he gave me this old reel to reel and I used to just overdub and overlay characters and voices, and I would do sounds of lawnmowers. And, 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 I mean, I've been doing this pretty much since I'm just a child. Well, you know Johnny's from a blue-collar family because that's what, that's what the presents are. If Whatever your dad finds at the <laughs> yeah, job really. site for the day, hey, I found this can opener. Here you go, dingbat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, uh, let's, let's take it to when you became the Jerky Boys. How did you actually record the Jerky Boys phone calls? Um, that, that's, you see that, that light bulb went off, you know, cause I, like I said, I was always recording and doing characters, interacting with each other. And, and then it was, I was, Jesus, just a kid. And I, I thought to myself, you know, cause we, uh, we'd go upstate on the weekends to my folks house and I have a bunch of brothers and I'm the oldest of all the family, you know, so we'd go up there and I, I would just, you know, get stuff on recordings and, and one day, you know, decades, many decades ago, I just said, oh, you know what? I, I got the boom box here. I got, I said, and my uncle found some old phone that I used to have to type. I used to have to take duck, uh, um, uh, electrical tape and I broke off a pencil eraser and I would electrical tape this pencil eraser to a volume button that, and would make the handset and make the handset a little bit louder. And I would lay that on a tape recorder. And that's how I got started taping the calls. And and that's like I said, that's Jesus. That's a long, long time ago. And that's where the calls actually first started being made. That's you know, it's cool because like you're talking about how you set all that stuff up. Back in the day, the struggle was real. It wasn't like now we have all these electronics, and computers, and everything else. Like back then, you really had to kind of come up with some ingenuitive ideas. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, even when I was playing with the reel to reel in the early 70s, I was actually using matchbooks and ripping matchbooks so I could block off the heads and create different sounds and, and overlay. I was doing some crazy stuff. But you, back then, you know, back then, the cool thing about being alive back then is you had to innovate. You had to create. Yeah. Yeah. That Johnny Brennan is sweating like fucking Alec Baldwin from The Hunt from Red October with two matchbooks in his hand trying to record this. You know, like, see, that's the thing. Tony brings up a really good point with all this technology now. You know, we just did an interview FaceTime uh, all through one MacBook that you can buy. Yeah. I have one MacBook. I can run audio through it. I can FaceTime with somebody. I can record the screen while I FaceTime with somebody. I can do about 12 different things on one piece of technology. You know, you got, right. It, this is the thing, you know, now it's changed. The game has changed. So when in, in the, in the 90s, so let's take you to 1995, take us from when the Genesis of you guys blowing up. So how did it like, did the chicken come before the egg or did the egg come before the chicken? Did, were you doing these for yourself and then somebody found out about it or were you putting tapes out? Hey guys, listen to this shit. No, see that's, that's, that's the, in a nutshell it, it happened just the way i just told you i was doing voices characters uh all my characters are based on people that are either friends or family that i've known pretty much every single character is based on a family member i've been doing it like i said since i was just a child so as time would go on uh these these kids i would make they, they were just for family and friends and it wasn't it was it wasn't until the early 80s uh, to mid-80s that people started to hear them because they got out on the streets. And then once they got out on the streets, everyone would take that tape and say, oh, my God, they would actually call them. They, but before I gave the – actually, a funny story. My mom actually came up with the name the Jerky Boys. So how did, how did, the name the, how did she come up with the yeah, Jerky that's Boys? That's a cool fact. Here, I was, I was at my house in, in uh, upstate New York, and I uh, – I was standing outside the screen door and I was on the phone and back, you know, back then you had the phone, it's attached, it's got the line. So I'm, I'm, I'm standing outside the door. My mom's in the kitchen washing the dishes and she hears me talking with a, a record label. And, and you know, what are we going to name this? This is before the first Jerky Boys release. So I believe it was Atlantic Records and it was all the way back in 1989, 90, 91, whatever the hell it was. And, and my mom is overhearing my conversation with these executives. You know, we got to have a name for this record. And to get to what I was saying just a little earlier, it was going around the streets as a bootleg. Everyone was making it for their friend, calling it the jerky tapes, or they were calling it the auto mechanic tapes, or they were calling it the Frank Rizzo tapes. <laughs> so my, my mom is listening, and I, she can hear me going back and forth with the record label. And my mom says, why don't you just call it the fucking jerky boys? <laughs> it's just like that. Uh, just, just, I swear, my right hand to God, as soon as my mom said that, even the guys on the phone, they heard what she had said, and the light bulb went off for me, for them. Everybody's like, holy shit, that's it, the jerky boys. And and, and my mom, because my mom said that's what you fucking, you, your father always called you, because I was the oldest of a bunch of brothers. And, you know, that's, you know, you know the jerky boys, a bunch of fucking you jerky little bastards. So, Johnny, when you started going, did your parents support you in your endeavors? Or did they were like, ah, this is never going to work? Or they're like really behind you? Yeah, it's, it, you know, they were always really very, very supportive, you know, of anything, you know. It, you know, just picture, you know, one minute I'm in construction. I pretty much did everything you could think of. Work on cars, 
construction. I did roofing. I did. I hung off buildings and scaffolds. So I pretty much covered the gamut. I did a lot of stuff that I, I you know, really uh, stuff that I really liked. You know, and um, and my folks, you know, they just took everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, Johnny's doing he's doing this, he's doing that, and then you know, and then one day my mom and my dad, they're you know, they're able to sit in a in a in a motion picture theater in New York City to watch the premiere of my movie for Walt Disney Pictures that I'm starring in. Yo, dude, listen, I wanted I, I didn't touch on this in the interview. I watched the Jerky Boys the movie on HBO on rerun until I was literally sick. HBO would run that that friggin' movie like every four hours, and we'd be inside in the summertime off from school. How was it being on the same set? You're a kid from Queens, working class dude. Your dad's blue collar. Your mom's your mom's a good person. How is it going from making prank phone calls to being on the same set as Ozzy Osbourne? Well. Ozzy, I loved Ozzy. Ozzy's a great, great guy. Ozzy was just a wonderful human being. And what you now take it, take it even further than that. Academy Award winner, Oscar winner, Alan Arkin. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Academy Award winner, uh, uh, I believe Bill Hickey, William Hickey, who was in Christmas Vacation and a million other movies. Yeah, there's serious people um, in that movie. Uh, the guy from The Sopranos oh, is in the movie. Yeah, you had, and you also had Brad Sullivan. From Slapshot, you, and, and he was in a ton of other movies. You had Suzanne Shepard, who played my mother, who was in Goodfellas. Uh, <laughs> you had Alan North. I mean, I could just keep going down the list. Tom Jones was in the movie. Oh, my and God, yes. Re- his his re- remake re- of Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way in that movie, is kick-ass, by the way. And if anyone yeah, has right, never that- seen Jerky Boys the movie, go out and see it right now. And by the way, Johnny, I was going to ask you one of the questions was going to be, what's a better look, mullet? Goatee or both? Because your your mullet goatee combo in that movie is just off the charts, Queens. It's great. Yeah, I'll tell you, it, <laughs> you know, it was it was funny because you know it, that's the first time anybody ever asked me to grow facial hair back then. Cause I used to shave all the time, and so the, the movie company wanted me to grow a goatee. And at the time, I also had very, very long hair, but it was like a Robert Plant type long because I was a guitar player, a drummer. I used to play in bands and whatnot. So I always had the long rock and roll hair. And uh, so when they wanted to do the movie, they just thought at the time it would be funny because all the hockey players and football players, everybody and their mother was uh, you know, rocking the mullets back then. No, it, it, I mean, it just definitely worked with the construction boots, you know, because you're going for the working class look. <laughs> that goddamn movie is hilarious. And just with with the with the drawing of the, the mop and my favorite part of it is when you go into the backstage and Ozzy comes up to you and goes, where's my guys? And you're like, ah, yeah, they fucking left. They went, uh, said they were going to go join the uh, the monkeys. The fucking monkeys, man. Those guys were like right. family. M- me and my brother still say that to each other to this day. Yeah, yep. Ozzy, that was great interaction. He comes up and he yells at me. He's like, where's Bob and DJ? And... and, and and every time I hear that, where's Bob and BJ? And, and he's like, they they must have a better gig. They're in a plane right now. They're, you know, they're with the monkeys. And he just looks at me like, the fucking monkeys. Was, was that ad-libbed or was that scripted? No, that was scripted. You know, there's there's a funny line in the movie that, um, uh, that I, I tell people, to this day, it's considered the greatest line in motion picture history. It's right up there with Gone with the Wind when he says, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a line in the Jerky Boys movie where I say, how the hell are we going to get down from here? And Kamal runs over to the window with a, a whole bunch of uh, hot dogs. 
and I take the hot dogs and I, I yank on them and I say to Kamal, I, I say to Kamal, I say, you think these fucking cocks will hold us? And that that is the greatest motion fuck line in any motion picture. And I'll tell you what, when I said that line, when I said that line, when I said that line, the director and about a hundred people in the room, they all broke out laughing because they did not expect it, and that wasn't in the script. And, and everyone went hysterical laughing, and the director fired his 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 little booklet on the ground. And he's like, "What?" He's like, "What the fuck was that? That's not in the script." He goes, I, "That's no, you know, I don't want you to say that." And I said, "What do you mean you don't want me to say that?" I said, "That's fucking hilarious. I just came up with it." And and, and everyone in the room thought it was. So he yelled at everybody in the room. He says, if anybody makes another sound, I'm going to throw everybody off the set. So he went and did it again. He says, action. And we did it again. And Kamal hands me a hot dogs. And I yank him. I said, you think these fucking cocks will hold us? <laughs> and everyone, everyone went fucking berserk again. And, and, and I said, look, you can do whatever you want. That fucking line is staying in the movie. And lo and behold, it did. How does that work? Uh, it's your baby. It's Jerky Boys. You're the creator of it. And then this director's telling you not to ad lib in your own movie. Like this is my fucking shit. How does that work? How does that power struggle work? Well, it's a bit of a power struggle. You know, he feels that he was given the job, and you know, and let me tell you, he did. He did a amazing job on that movie. I mean, with the budget, with the budget that we had, you know, and and the, but a finished product. You look at the Jerky Boys movie, the finished product, and you have, you'll have no doubt in your mind the director did a phenomenal job. I'll always give him that. But we were we were always bumping loggerheads because for another scene, for example, the scene in the restaurant where Kamal takes a look at the beautiful girl's tits. Mm -hmm. So Kamal takes a look at her tits and he starts choking on ice. And Tom Jones, Tom Jones is looking at him like, what the fuck's going on? And Frank Rizzo doesn't know any other way to help him out because he's choking. So what do I do? I start beating the living shit out of him. <laughs> so that's Frank Rizzo's way of helping a guy who's choking because so the director, again, in front of we had like 600 people on the set that day in, in that nightclub. And, and the director screams, cut. And he comes over to me. He goes, Johnny, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, what are you talking about? I said, he's choking. Frank Rizzo, if I see this guy choking, I, the only way I can fix him and help him out is by beating the fuck out of him. And he says to me, the director, he goes, well, that's what you're doing. You're beating the shit out of him. Normally, if somebody's choking, you just pat him on the back a little bit. Oh, and boy. I said, Jim, is that funny? I said, Jim, I said, is that funny to you? That's not fucking comedy. So I, I said, let's just roll with this thing again, and I'm going to beat the fuck out of him again until we get this just right. And that's it. And that's it. So we were at loggerheads all the time, but the finished product, like I said, the director did a phenomenal job on, on the look and the feel of that picture. You know, Johnny, it's cool because, like, uh, a lot of these voices and a lot of these characters become timeless classics. You know, everybody knows them. They know the voices. They do the voices. And uh, it's cool. I, like I was saying before, like, I love the fact that you're Mort Goldman, the family guy, because my buddy and I, we always do family guy voices. And there's a story where, like, we're in this bar and we'd, we would always do Stewie all the time, you know? So for, like, months and months and months, we'd walk in and we'd be like, hello, Brian, how you doing? Hey, B-Rye. Hey, what's going on there, Brian? And, like, after a while, the bartender was like, he, we would talk to this guy, he was like, which one of them is Brian? And, like, right. I'd love to hear a little bit of a... Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit of Mort Goldman, man. You got some, uh, what, what would Mort Goldman say? Like, I definitely want to hear some voice. You know, Mort Goldman, he's oh, just always ass tight. He's always curling up into little ass balls. Yeah, yeah, that's Mort. That's hilarious. Freaking Mort. Freaking Mort. Yeah. Hey, Mort, what are you doing? 
That's that's what Peter's supposed to say. Freaking Mort. Freaking Mort. Yeah, that's right, Peter. Pop yours, fuckface. Hey, who's down there? Is that is that Mort Gilman down there? I think it sounds like Mort Gilman down there. Let me tell you something. Mort Goldman is a phenomenal character, you know, based on Sal Rosenberg. I, I always say he's Sal Rosenberg's long-lost cousin. If you listen to the two <laughs> characters, you know, people people most of the time, 99% of the time, they know it's Johnny Brennan doing Mort Goldman. And like I said, I do, you know, some of the gay shit on Family Guy. There's a, so actually, two of the best episodes Family Guy ever, that ever were, there's one called Family Gay, where I'm Peter's lover, okay? I play Scott, <laughs> Peter's lover. Yeah, I know that one. That's right? great. Right, and it's a great episode. And at the end of the episode, my character Mort Goldman throws a horse through the window and says, "Take back your fucking horse!" <laughs> yeah, I know so that episode. That's yeah, that's Family Gay. And the other episode that's beloved by the people is uh, Road to Germany, and that is also based on my character Mort Goldman, which is based, you know, like I said, on Saul Rosenberg. If you listen to two characters, Saul Rosenberg was always like much more like like laid back, like you know, should I? Yes, should I bring all my shoes and my glasses so I have them? And when you listen to Mort, he's more like, hello, yes, Tina, hi. He's just a little bit more amped up. Now, let me ask you a question. Like, have there been any other characters you've done cameos on The Family Guy? Like, you know, characters that might not be as commonplace as Mort, but characters that people might recognize? Excuse me, say that again? Like, you you mentioned the, the gay character you did. And a few, you know, smaller characters that you did. Are there any other characters you've done, you know, like cameos or side characters in the Family Guy that aren't as normal as Mort, but you know that people might recognize? Yes, I actually did Muttley. You remember Muttley, the dog from the '60s? I sure. did for Family Guy. I did, um, I did a, uh, a gay cow. I did a Fresca bottle or, or a Zima bottle. You were the um, Zima bottle. <laughs> yeah, and my I live also, stream. I also, <laughs> Take a second. I also you did. Silly. Um, yeah, I also I also did um, Horace, the guy that owned the bar. Right. Yeah, so I was the guy that owned the bar, the drunken clam, and I I'm the pharmacy guy, Mort Goldman. That's see, that, awesome. That reminds me, like speaking of Zimas, like see, this is like I can relate it to my life because it's you know the characters in your life is people that you imitate. So I had this one guy I worked for during the summer landscape, and his name was John, and I was like. 12 and my dad this was my dad's drinking buddy so he's like listen i got you a job for the summer you're gonna go and do landscaping work all right so i'm like all right cool this fucking guy runs out of the truck at like 110 miles an hour going hey bob how you doing bob hey how you doing bob my name's john talks like that okay and he goes all right we're gonna go so he'd bring me to a job site in the morning he'd be like all right do this do this do that do this this it's 7 30 in the morning what I didn't know at the time was he was high on cocaine the whole time, okay? So I'm 12. I don't really, you know, know that he's doing coke the whole time. So he's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. He come back for me seven hours later. This is before cell phones. I wouldn't know what fucking time it was. He'd come back with a cooler full of Zimas. That's all he drank was fucking Zimas, right? And he goes, ah. So I go, one day we're after work and he tries to give me one. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, you know? And uh, I go, but why do you drink Zimas? He goes, if you drink Zimas, no one will ever ask you for one. That's how <laughs> fucking true. cheap yeah. this fucking guy was, yeah. is that he was he, he drank Zimas just so nobody would ask him, would bum one off but of I him. I bet it worked. It did. Zima and cocaine? Yeah. Jesus Christ. You just gnaw your teeth down with a fucking sand grate. 
Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> now listen, Johnny, I um we've been talking about the jerky boys and stuff, but let's let's talk a little bit more about you. I know that you're a big racing fan. Right. Um, and we were talking, we were touching on this a little bit the other day, is that um, you feel that, like, in, in, in racing nowadays, they don't really have that, like, alpha male going on um, in in NASCAR. You want to touch on that a little bit? Um, yeah. I, you know, uh, personally, I mean, I like the days of, you know, the old timers that really, you know, they wheeled the cars and they didn't cry. And, you know, if they had, you know, disagreements, they, you know, settle it on the track and, you know, now what you really have today is a bunch of, you know, a lot of spoiled young, you know, kids just getting rides. And, you know, it's gone are the guys, the like the legends, like Richard Petty and, and Cale Yarbrough and, and just, you know, guys from the past that were just, you know, they were real wheelmen, you know, and, you know, Dale Earnhardt Sr., you know, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it, it's it, you know, it's just not what it used to be. And I think that's the reason why a lot of the fan base has dropped off. Because, you know, fans want to sit in the seats for legends. They want to sit in the seats for people that they love, people that they, they, they can't wait to go to the track and root for. You know, and it's today what they're doing is it seems like they're filling these cars with these little, uh, you know, 13-year-olds. Well, that's... So people are just, you know, they're, they're not really that enthused about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I said, if you pick, pick any legend you want, like from the old days, you know, and, and they, they have tremendous stories behind them. You know what I mean? You know, Richard Teddy, they say, uh, you know, I've met him a couple of times. He, will, he won't leave a track. If it takes five hours for every single person to get an autograph, that's what he, that's what he will do. So, you know, you, you, got, you got the legends. It's just sad to see them go. Yeah, yeah. and and they're kind of in between uh, legends right now. And even Dale Earnhardt's kid is going to retire. And uh, I, I think that makes complete sense because he's, you know, He's got his, his he's never won anything, but he's got his pockets full of money. You know, he, that's the thing. You know, they 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 prop these guys up. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s son he's going to be the next Michael Jordan, you know, of NASCAR. And then he doesn't win shit. And he's, you know, and he races for Budweiser, race, races for the National Guard. And he's like, I'm done because, you know what? He probably sees his bank account full and he's like, shit, I'm not going to snap my neck. He's like, my old man died on the on the racetrack. I'm not going to do the same thing. And I can't really blame him. But now they're in a big void of of uh, of all stars. But the, what I'm going to say is, is I notice in your prank calls on the jerky boys, you're always mentioning race cars and, you know, starter motors and, you know, he goes, how much do you bench? You're like, uh, 350 pounds. He's like, 350 pieces? No, fucking pieces. What the fuck? Pounds, baby, pounds. Did that come from your love of cars, uh, that whole, uh, like, weaving that in your comedy? Yes. It's, it's like, you know, pieces, what the fuck? Pounds, baby, pounds. You know, Jerky Boys, all of, all of Jerky Boys stuff is, is all of things that I've loved in my life, or things that I've done in my life. You know, racing's been a part of my life since, you know, since I'm just a three-year-old kid, 19, 1964 was my first time at the track in Orange County, New York, Orange County, Middletown, Orange County Fair Speedway. And once you go, you're hooked. Once you're in it, you're in it. It's in your blood. You can't get it out. So we've always been around the racetracks for all these decades. And, you know, uh, just last week, last Sunday, I missed, I, I wanted to get up to the uh, Speedway, but I couldn't make it because of something else came up. But, um, yeah, racing is just, it, but it's not just racing. You know, racing is a huge part of our life. We always loved it. But it's everything else. It's like, you know, you name it, it's other things. It's, it's, and people always ask me, Jesus, how do you know so much about so much? And I said, well, because, you know, I've been part of it. You know, it's been a part of my life. Yeah. You know what the thing is? I, now it's dawning on me. I just had a, an epiphany here, Tony. 
And, you know, you probably smelled something burning from across the table. But Johnny's like a slumdog millionaire of Queens. Now, listen, <laughs> hear me for a sec, okay? You ever seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? Oh, uh, I've seen the... Okay, da, 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 right? It's based in India. And this one boy, all of his life experiences, right? He goes through his life experiences, and it helps him win a game show at the end, right? A little chai runner, blah, blah, blah. Johnny is like the slumdog millionaire of Queens because he literally has taken every piece of his life and used it in his comedy and his prank calls. He just said he, he, uh, he lived up in Middletown. That, you know... He had fucking problems up in Middletown. That's why he doesn't fucking sell cars in Middletown anymore, you know? Why do you want to drive 60 miles upstate to Middletown? That's my fucking business. Like, all these things that you came up with were either people in your life or places. It's unbelievable. Now, who was Saul Rosenberg? I Every time you hear me do Saul Rosenberg, that character, it was inspired by my mom. Actually, when I do Saul Rosenberg, I'm literally doing my mom, her voice. So if you ever met my mom, if you if it was a way I could introduce you, you met my mom and she started to talk to you, you would literally put your hands up to your face because you wouldn't want to embarrass her because you'd start laughing right in her face because you would hear Saul Rosenberg. And that's where that character comes from. That's funny, man. That's cool. Uh, do, you, do your dad ever get pissed about like you being Frank Rizzo and doing all that crazy outlandish shit. He's like, I'm not that kind of guy. Why are you making me sound like that? Everyone's going to, I know what my dad would say. Everyone's going to think I'm going to be like that. You know, why you get, why you got to make me out to be a nut? Did your dad ever get on your case for it? No, my dad was a very, very confident dude. He actually thought it was, it was funny. We always say, Ed, Ed fucking Johnny's a wacky prick. So that's, he took everything in stride. He thought it was funny. He didn't give it any second thoughts. And, um, and like I said, every character I've ever done is based on, you know, family members uh, or friends or people. For example, big old badass Bob the Cattle Rustler. That's based on an old farmer, an old farmer that used to live down the road from me in upstate New York. So every character, now, you see in Family Guy, I, I also do, uh, I do some Palestinians, I do you know, Jewish characters, I do, you know, I do, you know, I do cops, I do a lot of other characters, but, you, you know. Are, you weren't the, the Patty ones, yeah, the characters in the Jerky Boys, they're all based on family members or friends. You weren't Patty McTanager, the ball manager, were you? What is that? You weren't the Irish guy, the ball manager, were you? Yeah, you want to fight about it? No, that doesn't sound familiar. Okay, so it, it sounded like it could be somebody you would do. On the family guy, the guy, yeah. the, the golf guy. Now, yo, when you said... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, that's, that's not me, no. Yo, um, Brett, who was Brett Weir? Brett Weir is actually like he, he might there he's like a brother he's my brother in law. My sister married his brother Dennis. Get me you Brett know, Weir, I said. Yeah, many, many, many years ago. And my father got Brett a building on seventy ninth Street, right off Third Avenue, New York City, a beautiful, beautiful building. So Brett became the superintendent of that <laughs> building. And my so my dad got him in there. So I was just fucking around. This is going back way back. And I said, Oh, let me fucking call Brett and I'll just get this on tape. So, and thank God, if Brett would have answered the phone, that's it. We would have never had a call. But the fact that Brett didn't answer that phone made that one of the most famous Jerky Boys calls in history. And and that's another thing, like you were talking about, duration of calls. I noticed uh, when I was... I was I was listening to your uh, albums uh, during the week, and you know that that call I think is only like fifty two seconds long. You know that's it's a short one. It's 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 you know I think that's why you were a little ahead of your time is because um, the way that 
society has gone is like I call it goldfish brain, where people can only can only pay attention for shit for about a minute to two minutes, and then they you lose um, their attention. You know that fifty two yeah. seconds. You know it's almost think about it. It's like what you were doing was almost what people do now. You were sharing little bits and little glimpses of of interactions with people, which is on social media nowadays, and it's pretty much the same thing. And the, you know, and the grassroots uh, campaign of people just th- sharing the tapes to people. You got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. Funny is funny, and it never goes away. And you've been doing this for about thirty years now, right? Oh, it's got it's way more than that. Yeah, but you know, the funny thing is, what you're saying is true because you know, it, I try to cram as much. As much information and comedy, and, and, and you got to be careful how you do it because if you shove and force, it's, I, one thing you'll see about my stuff is you'll never find it forced. There was never any gratuitous nonsense. Even when I curse, it's all part of the sentence. It's supposed to be. You'll never see anything gratuitous or just shove down people's throats. And you'll see a lot of imitators of the Jerky Boys. It, it's horrible because it's just, it's not. It's not, and Howard Stern said it best. He said the reason Johnny is so, timeless and his characters and have worked so well over the years is because they're real people. And when when Johnny does these characters, he's just letting it flow as if that person. So nothing is fake. Everything you're hearing is as real as it gets. So John, let me ask you this question: How thrilled was your mom when she found out that that Saul Rosenberg was based on her? She's very very cool about it. She, you know, she would always laugh and she say. You, you know, you're making fun of me, you bastard. And, and, and I, I would say, no, nah, and, and, over the years, she would just kind of tease me like that. Right. But she always, she was, funny enough, she was always very proud of the fact that I'm able to take that character that I made, that Saul Rosenberg character, and literally make millions and millions of people around the world actually fall in love with that character. Yeah, that is an awesome thing. No doubt. You know? Now, uh, when you were, um, when you pretty much were at the start of the Jerky Boys. Now, when you would talk to people on the phone, did you set a time to do it? Like, all right, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do the prank calls at one o'clock today. Or did you just get the urge to do it? How did the um, creative process work with you with the prank phone calls? You know, it's funny. People would always ask me, did I have it? Did I have a few beers? Did I have? And I always say, no, I was sober as a son of a bitch when I did them. And I don't, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't believe in, in doing that. So, you know, just get some beers. Uh, now, nah, man, I, I want to get down. I want to just do these things. And, and here's the, here's the funny little tidbit. Most of the calls, most of them, you know, I'd say a good 80 to 90% of the calls. I always made sure I want to do them on Friday. Hmm. So what was the much, reason for that? Because I did it the first time. That's the way I did it. The very first, first time. Years and years and years ago, and I just felt that Friday everybody was in a mood where they would tolerate a little bit because they're, they're the weekend's here and everybody's kind of everybody's just kind of flow is kind of cool. And so they're at the end I, of the rope now, as well, which is good. Yeah, now I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong; I could be wrong, but I just thought Friday, and even for my psyche, for me, for me, you know, I even did it for myself because Friday. You know, everybody loves Friday. It's, it's the weekends here. So I even did it for me and for my spirits. And, like, everybody's happy. Let's stay. I don't know. You, you could call me crazy, but I just enjoy doing it on Friday. I, uh, I had a friend crazy. of mine, this guy who's a real psycho. He prank called the same guy so many times, they eventually became friends. 
<laughs> that's yeah. I have them like three times yeah. a week. You actually, uh, that reminds me. Yeah. You ever, you ever speak to anybody like after you have? Because like, um, okay, for instance, uh, I don't know whether I'm not good with titles. I've never been good with titles. But there's the one where you call the guy for paint work. This guy put an ad out in the paper for for paint work. He's an unemployed painter. You call him up, going, "I'm looking for paint work," and he goes, "No, I'm looking for paint work." And then you're like, "Hey, why don't we get together and paint each other up?" But you guys had like yeah. a genuine bond on that phone call like he was looking out for you he was good if he got any work he was going to contact you you're calling him sizzle chest you're calling him this you're calling him that and that's the thing like you hit people so fucking quick that they didn't know to shit or wind their wristwatch they didn't know what was happening to them and you can see people like kind of caught up in that you know like that muhammad ali fury of punches like do you know what i'm talking about Absolutely. I, I think I have this ability to absolutely befuddle and confuse people very quickly with my characters. And even if you take my Frank Rizzo character, who's extremely abrasive, you can find lots of calls where as abrasive and, 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 and loudmouthed as he is, he's still very lovable. So I have this way of getting in there and getting into character and then slapping people with the character and just when they're getting fucking they're, they, they can't believe themselves they're gonna get pissed off i have a way of backing it off a little bit <laughs> and making them making them love me a little bit you know it's so true because he, he calls up i think you were frank rizzo and you call up to volunteer for a place and you get a woman on the phone and she's like, yeah, she yep. just, she picks up the phone for the first time and you're like, and she's like, you want to volunteer? You're like, that's why I've been holding. You know, you just make up these stories and she tells you, can you come in at four o'clock tomorrow? Yeah, that doesn't work for me. And then it doesn't even, the thing is you, you call up to volunteer, but you don't even broach the subject of volunteering almost. You just make it about you and, and your routine during the day. Right. And it's funny, my favorite line from that call is when she yells at me. She goes, I got it, Frank, because I, 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 I keep telling her the number and I keep repeating the number and I repeat it very loudly. And, and I was so in her face that she finally just goes, I got it, Frank. And that, that, that's one of my favorite lines. Do you find, because uh, I, I find a lot of similarities um, in, in, in Tony, me, and you, uh, with the with the voices and kind of the upbringing and you know uh, we're all kind of like you know fiery dudes shoot from the hip kind of guys like were you the kind of kid in school that would would goof around in class but the teacher liked you because you were respectful like you know like I have a way of just bringing it to the edge with people where I'm they're still gonna like me and I can still I can step on their toes a little bit but I reel it in a little bit just like you do with the phone calls how were you in school were you like the class clown or were you kind of quiet I was really really bad I was I was <laughs> the class clown I was the class clown and then some yeah. in my eighth grade in my eighth grade yearbook that's they say Johnny Brennan wills his comedy and that's in the eighth grade you know I, when I was in the fifth grade I had these two girls that used to sit in my group me and two other girls right and I used to love to make them laugh. And I'm in the fifth grade, and I would take my hand and literally slap the shit out of myself, <laughs> like, 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 almost like as if I was beating myself up. And I would, and, and I would, and Mary, these, they were both named Mary, so both girls were named Mary, and they were literally pissing themselves laughing at what I was doing. Next thing, my teacher, Mr. Brennan, come here right now. And then she would take me by the hand and take me out the hallway. And so, Mr. Brennan. Is there something wrong with you? 
How would you mm-hmm. feel if you need the teacher sitting behind my desk slapping myself silly in front of the classroom? And I started to laugh in her face, man. And, and I was always getting sent to the principal's office. I was always in trouble. So I can't say that my teachers ever liked me. I'm sure maybe a few of them did. But I, I was always, I was always in trouble, and I was always getting the belt for it too. Well, you know what? Um, it, that was the thing. I, I used to fuck around in class oh, so much, and then she'd be like, "Well, I'm gonna call your pair," and I'd be like, "Please, no," because you know the phone call home. It's yeah, like you it's gotta over. Go back there. You oh, gotta it, go back to the house. That's the problem. It's I over. Your dad's waiting for you like a fucking starving zoo tiger. Oh my god, my my father's like the drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket. Well, you know, go home to that. With a bad progress report. I was in fifth grade. The teacher took <laughs> me out of the classroom and tried to trade me to each class in the hallway. <laughs> Nobody wanted me. Yeah. Well, forget I couldn't sit in my fucking my seat. But Johnny, I know that you got to go. Um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for doing the interview on YouTube today. Um, that's going to be live on YouTube, Blue Collar News, uh, tomorrow on YouTube. Also, you can catch this podcast on iTunes on the Blue Collar News podcast. And, John, thanks for joining us. And I know that you're going to be May 26th to the 29th. You're going to be at St. John's University for a borough con. Yes, I just want to say thanks again, guys. And a uh, big shout-out to the fans, as always. Jerky Boys fans, man, they've been around for decades. And now... It's amazing all these new young fans I'm getting anywhere, you know, these young girls, young boys, right through 18, 20, 25 years old, all now finding out about the Jerky Boys on social media. So I want to give a big shout out to all the fans, new fans, and say yes, thank you for plugging that. I'll be at, uh, uh, it's called BorrowCon at St. John's University, May 26th through the 29th. And if they want, check out the new t-shirts at thejerkyboys.com. And guys, remember, if you need any Jerky Boys entertainment, go to thejerkyboys.com, and you can catch the link on this podcast and also on the YouTube video interview with Johnny Brennan uh, for the link to thejerkyboys.com. John, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. John, nice meeting you, man. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Take care. Take it easy, brother. All right, so... Woo! Yeah, cool, man. Really cool. After you interview Johnny, man, it feels like you've been through like a marathon. <laughs> cool guy, though, man. I mean, was, you know, I, oh, I no. like guests like that. Totally you know? down to earth. Well, uh, like I, I literally the the and I of course I have to make it about myself because it's you know it's about me right. all the time. So I'm gonna make it about me. Right. Of uh, no, no, really. I, I, I like eleven things that he said kind of reminded me of myself. And, you know, and, and, and you too, dude, because I know that you couldn't sit still in class. Oh, yeah, I still can't. <laughs> and just going, but like, he is just, it's no act. That's him yeah. on the tapes. You know, there is no getting into character. He just flows. And yeah. as you can see, once he starts going off his head, he's, he's, in a, he's, he's very hard to stop. <laughs> see, I like the prank calls. I find them funny. I can't do that, though. I don't, I, I can't do that style of humor. I have like, I don't have it in me. I have thirteen. I have like thirteen. Uh, thirteen of them out on, prank on on. It's called low tide comedy. Yeah, it was my first thing I ever started with Scott from down the block, <laughs> and uh, he he's got some kids uh, messing with his garbage cans. And you got the raccoons in the goddamn garbage cans, right? So even I did that, and the reason I did that was because of the Jerky Boys. I, I, I I've you know, did you ever sit around with your friends and just fucking prank call people all night? I mean, I I was never good at it, so I never I could never really do it. But like, I had friends who would do it, and some of them were funny. I had this one guy I used to work with; he was fucking nuts. I mean, really out of his mind. And he would call up, he would call up the pizza place and be like, "Hey, how's it going? Uh, I work at the fitness studio down the block, 
and he'd be like, listen, you know, we, uh, you know, we do a lot of business for you guys. We have a lot of uh, a lot of birthday parties over here, you know, with your customers and everything else. And he goes, listen, uh, he goes, you know, how about a free pizza? And they get like, all right, they sent the guy a free fucking pizza. That's <laughs> now this is um, uh, and you, as you guys know from Uncomfortable Couch, uh, Nick Nolte. Um, before and I got disconnected. So Nick. Okay. Uh, who's this, this is Nick. All right, hang on one This is literally the reason was done under I the did name this because of, of the jerky Nolte. I told you I was given to it on the set of Crimson Tides in 1997. Okay. It was given to me. You guys fucked with the transmission. Now the fucking car is all fucked up and now I can't do anything about it. Oh my god, it's fucking customized. It says Nolte on it. It says Nolte on it? Oh my god. Am I talk- I, it's like I'm talking to a fucking parakeet. <laughs> you find this whole situation funny, that's good, but I've been spending the last hour and 15 minutes on a fucking 97 Camry that I could probably scrap and get more money from, but my fucking mom likes the car, so I gotta give it to her. You what? What? Give me your phone number and I'll call you back. Why do you gotta call me back? We can take care of this right now. Because I gotta look you up. I gotta find you. I gotta well, find I'll you. hold. I'll hold. Put me on hold and I'll wait. No, I'll take your number, man. What's your number? Why is that, fuckface? What's your number? What do you mean, why is my... I'll give you my fucking number. It doesn't matter to me, but then I don't need you harassing me. I'm an actor. I don't give my fucking number out. Once you get into fucking 125 motion picture movies, then you see if you give your fucking number out. It's a business. It's a business. It's a business. Yeah, so is show business. But my car fucking sucks because your fucking company was neglectful and you guys got clowns working for you. You've got clowns working for you. God, I'm redlining the fuck out of this phone call. I said you got clowns working for you. Fucking clowns. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you find I'm glad you find this funny. Cause this is fucking my life up. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so am I. So what are we gonna do? It's a showdown. I'm giving them zero, zero information. No, what? So then you can be My name's Nick Nolte. I know. I was down there a month ago. A month ago? Holy shit. Have you been listening to anything I've said the whole fucking time we've been on the phone? Right, Have you listened? No, no, I got a question for you. What? Let me Give me a number so I can call you back. I don't give my number out. I'm Nick Nolte. I don't give my number out. Put me on hold. I'm glad you find this so fucking funny. I'm glad you find this so fu- You're a sick fuck, you know that? <laughs> hey, hey, Nick. What's yeah. your address? It's on... Hey, you know what? It, you know what my... Okay, you want my address? Yeah. It's on Go Fuck Yourself Boulevard, okay? I told you I'm not giving my fucking address out. I'm supposed to the guy put up with this this morning. Well, you know, uh, when you have a... When you have a guy, when he was, when you have a person that was in Crimson Tides, you know, yeah. uh, and he was in uh, Cape Fear, you, you stay on the line for a little bit. Usually so. I just hang up. Anybody franks, I'm like, that's it. So. So obviously that's my poor attempt uh, to emulate the Jerky Boys, but I have a bunch of them on there. And a thousand hits after six years. Watch, watch out. <laughs> 
I, you, know, you, you see those pictures and the audio quality, and now it's like smooth jazz. But see, I love people that pull that kind of crap because, like, this, this guy I was telling you again, this guy was nuts, dude. This guy would go, one day I come back from KFC, right? And he goes, Tony, I'm pretty hungry. He goes, What'd you get for lunch? I, I got this barbecue chicken sandwich. It looks pretty good. He goes, You got your receipt? I go, Yeah. He goes, Let me have it. So I give him the receipt. He goes, boop, 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 calls me. He goes, Hey, is this KFC on Shipbag Boulevard, whatever? Guy goes, yeah. He goes, listen. He goes, I just came down there to the drive-thru, and I ordered the food, and I get back, and he's like, the bags only got the fries, and they gave me the drink. He goes, I didn't put the sandwich in. She goes, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, I got the receipt right here. He goes down there, <laughs> comes back with the fucking sandwich. Oh, that's it, you know, that's a lot of work for free lunch, but I like that. He used to go into Best Buy with the Palm Pilot, right? Hey, oh, hold on. <laughs> it's, is, is he just, does he like to prank call or is he just a sociopath? I think he's just, I think a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> is, he fr- is he a frugal sociopath? <laughs> he, used to go to, he used to go to Best Buy one day with the, with the Palm Pilot. He goes, hey, can I see the new one? So the woman brings out the new one, right? And he's looking at it and he slips the old one into the box somehow. And then he's like, you know what? He's like, my wife just called me up and she got me it for my birthday. He goes, I'm not going to, or, or something like that. Or like he bought it. Yeah. And then he switched them out and yeah. then he came back. Oh, my wife. And he gave, and he got the new one, you know? Yeah. Next you're going to be like, so he goes into Circuit City. He takes a ski mask out, puts it over his head. He says, everybody everything. put your fucking hands up, right? So everyone just starts taking their shit out of their pockets and putting it on the counter. And he walks out with everybody's stuff. Well, he had a thing going where like he had this habit where he would, he would buck diners. He'd go in there and order uh, food and just boost out of there. How old? How old was this he's guy? Probably with? like thirty-five at the time. No, <laughs> are you serious? It got so bad. He's like, I can't go to a diner between here and Queens. That's <laughs> Fuck, like I thought this diner. guy was thirteen doing this. Uh, no, oh no! Oh my! The funniest shit. And how old were you when this happened? Oh, I was probably about 18, 19, 20, somewhere in that neighborhood. I knew him for a couple of years. And he... Oh, so now the guy's 102? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know <laughs> yeah. he is. Maybe he was 28 when at the time. He was, yeah, he was older than I was by a lot. <laughs> 35. That's, see, you just, you just. The, the stories were nuts, though. That was your young version of old that just crept out of your head right there. And he's literally yeah. our age now. This guy would just, he would be in a conversation with you, right? He'd see you talking to him. Like one day I'm in I'm in a meeting and like I see him in the window he's in another room and he sees me and he gets a smile on his face and he just stands up and just flashes me his weasel I'm like Jesus dude <laughs> he was telling me a story he was in like this uh he was in this like this you know this this fitness studio one time talking to this martial arts guy and the guy was like he was like you know what would you do if I did this and the guy had like an answer for everything you know the guy's like oh well I could use this move and get out of it he's like well what would you do if I did this oh I could use this move over here. He's like, what would you do if I did this? Oh, I could just wiggle. And finally, he got frustrated. And he's like, what would you do if I did this? And he just pulled it out in front of the guy. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? And that I think that puts a nice little bow on today's podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can't really just a we- Yeah, one. you can't really. A weasel. We, You know, we had the creator of the Jerky Boys on, Johnny Brennan, of uh, also a family guy on Fox, the hit show. Um, remember, you can go to thejerkyboys.com to get Jerky Boys t-shirts, get anything Jerky Boys. Well, the show's over, folks, but the party doesn't stop there. Go to Instagram at Loose Cannon Comics and check us out. Go to SoundCloud.com or your podcast function on your iPhone. Put in Loose Cannon Comics and get ready to laugh. Also, go to YouTube.com, Loose Cannon Comics. Subscribe to our show to laugh once a week, each week. We'll see you next time, guys. And remember, keep your dick out of the dirt.